0: Hello my dear friends, how are you guys doing? It's been a while and today I don't have any of the introduction or the music or that stuff that I have at the beginning of the episodes. I'm just going to get right into it and this episode is going to be long but you're gonna want to listen to the whole thing. So if you can listen to all of it in one sitting, listen to it halfway or however long that you can but please come back and finish the whole thing. You will be glad that you did, okay? And guys, yes, I know, it's been a while. Um, There is a reason why I have not been back to record an episode of this podcast in a long time. I think it's been a month since the last time that I posted an episode of this podcast, and I do have a good reason. You know, I always tell you guys that unless I can be here 100% with you guys... I try not to record an episode of this podcast because I take what I do with this podcast extremely seriously. I know the impact that the words that I share on here have on people's lives and I always want to make sure that I'm always prepared and I leave having impacted people in a great way. So unless I can do that, I try to stay away from recording and in the past month there has been other things that have taken so much of my attention and because of that I have not been able to do the proper reading research and preparation to bring you guys messages that will positively impact your lives so I'm going to tell you what I have been up to and it will all tie into the message that I have for you today But the greatest takeaway that I want you to take from this podcast episode is this. Wherever you may find yourself in a given moment, learn to remain still in it. However challenging it may be for you, learn to remain still in it. Learn to be one with it. Learn to surrender to it. Learn to give all of yourself to it. Give up your idea of who you are, who you think you're supposed to be, how you think things are supposed to be or work out for you. Give it all up. Surrender it. Surrender the idea that your mind has about how you're supposed to get from point A to point B. Surrender the plan. Surrender what you think should be and be still with what actually is, regardless of how challenging it may be. And then ask this question, how do I move through this? Not how do I move away from this, not how do I overcome this, because wanting to overcome it suggests a fight with what is before you, but you don't want to fight it. Instead, ask how you can transcend this. Transcendence, that is what you're looking for. Transcendence requires you to be one with what is before you. You being aware of it, you knowing of it, you seeing it, you looking it right in the face and your spirit engulfing it and dissolving it away. Your spirit metaphorically swallowing what is before you and dissolving it away. That is transcendence and it requires you to go through the discomfort of the challenge. That is the part of the process of your spirit engulfing it. You don't fight it. You remain still because your spirit is bigger, more powerful than whatever it is that is before you. It is your mind that tells you that you are smaller than the challenges you face. It is your mind that tells you that you are being defeated. It is your mind that gives you the false interpretation of it. Do not listen to your mind. Instead, remain still and ask for transcendence. This is the big thing that I hope you take away from today's episode. But I'm gonna tell you why I have been away for the past month and this should all tie in into the message that I'm sharing here with you today. So you guys know that I love the law. And I went to law school because I wanted to be a political analyst. I wanted to work in PR and crisis management. And a lot of people I knew who did those types of work had been to law school. So I figured that I also needed to go to law school to be competitive in that field. And honestly, I was extremely intellectually curious about the law. I wanted to know how the law works. I wanted to be extremely informed about how the law worked, and add that to my repertoire. So I went to law school and I was extremely hungry to learn the law. And guys, I had no desire whatsoever to practice law. In fact, I specifically told myself that even if I ended up practicing law, I would do anything but criminal law. I wanted nothing to do with criminal law. The idea of jails and prison was something that had haunted me for years, caused me so much depression, and I wanted nothing to do with it. I was extremely set on never, ever practicing criminal law. There was absolutely nothing that was going to make me practice criminal law, even if I ended up practicing law. But you guys know that the universe has a great sense of humor, right? So, before I get into all of that, let me tell you the reason why I did not want to practice criminal law, go into law school. This is the reason why. During my first semester of college, I had this class, English 101, and my professor gave us an assignment about the death penalty, and I misunderstood the assignment. Somehow, I thought he meant for us to do a research paper on the death penalty and then argue about whether we supported it or not. So I went and read so many articles about it. I saw so many images on Google about it. And I wrote like a five-page paper about it. And in the process of doing that, I learned so much about the death penalty And I was horrified, guys. I would say that I was traumatized by it. For like three days, I couldn't sleep. I was so disturbed and I suffered silently from it. It just impacted me in a way that nothing had ever impacted me before. And I couldn't really talk to anyone about it because I didn't know how to explain how I felt. I told some people about it and what I had read and what I had found. And they weren't really bothered by it beyond the point of, oh, that's horrible. It was just like one of those things that they knew it was horrible, but they wouldn't lose sleep over it. It's kind of like child hunger. You know what's there, but it's not at the back of your mind all the time. And you don't really lose sleep over it. But for me, this particular discovery, I was losing sleep over. I was suffering over it. And... Keep in mind, I had lived a very sheltered life up up until that point. Um, I was blind to any of the anything that has to do with incarceration or anything like that. So, having that exposure was really disturbing for me. And I also have a habit of reading news articles, it's one of the things that I do every morning. Um, I go through the headlines and see which articles to read. And anytime that someone was put to death by the state, There would be an article on Yahoo about it and it would appear on my homepage and just seeing that person's face, guys, my entire day would be ruined. I would be so disturbed and because of this, I actually stopped um, reading going onto Yahoo. I stopped reading Yahoo News altogether because they just had a terrible habit of notifying the whole world every time that any state somebody to death. Jail setting or prison setting in movies or anything really, really disturbed me. When Orange is the New Black came out, I forced myself to watch it because Everyone was watching it. It was the thing at the time, but I couldn't get myself to watch it beyond the first season because the setting was in prison and it was extremely disturbing for me. And anytime that there was a movie where the setting was in jail or in prison that I would watch, um, I would spend a whole week getting over the feeling of it, this heaviness, this depression, and I couldn't explain it to anyone. So I always suffered silently with it. And I think there was a time that I actually told myself that maybe I was suffering so much because my mind wasn't emotionally matured enough to consume that type of information. Even though that people that I knew who were way younger than me would see those type of movies or hear about those type of stuff and they wouldn't be bothered by it at all. Um, The whole thing made no sense to me. I think there was a time that I actually told myself that I was maybe so disturbed by it because of my past life maybe I was incarcerated. And so that's probably why I'm so disturbed by it. But guys, it disturbed me so much. And this is why when I started law school, I told myself that I was never going to practice criminal law because I just didn't want to have anything that had remotely anything to do with jail or prison. I didn't want to know about it. I didn't want to learn about it. I didn't want to be a part of it in any way, shape, or form. In fact, I was actually very, very nervous to take my criminal law and criminal procedure classes in law school. I thought I was going to be depressed the entire year. I just had my mind made up. I was never going to be the criminal law girl. But fast forward in 2020, guys, my life took a 90 degree turn and I came to a sudden halt. I started going through a very tough time in my personal life. I don't know exactly how to describe this particular tough time, but it wasn't like any tough time that I had been through before. I've gone through a lot of tough times in my life before, but in all of those times, I had my spirit. I don't know how to describe it and forgive me if I don't do a good job explaining it it's hard to put such things into words but this time, My spirit was in pain. I was in spiritual, psychological, and emotional pain. I couldn't see a way forward. It felt like my life had ended. There was literally a time where I went outside to get my mail, and I stood next to the mailbox, and this sudden realization fell on me, and I felt like my life had no value, and I believed it. I didn't have any positive thoughts to counter it, and I remember I came back, I lied on my bed, and I simply said, God, please help me. That's just how disturbed I was, and I knew that it had nothing to do with the physical things that were happening around me, because I had been through similar things in my life before, and I had been through similar uncertainties before, but I'd never felt that way. In fact, in those types of uncertainties in the past, I was always energized by it, but this time, it wasn't. It wasn't energizing. My spirit wasn't there. And maybe this is woo -woo ish for me to say to some of you guys, but there's this spirit that walks with me all the time and that spirit was no longer there. The peace that comes with that spirit was not there. I didn't have that peace in my spirit anymore. I knew deep down that it was a moment of transformation. And there was a huge war between my mind and my spirit. I had all these ideas in my mind of how my life was supposed to be, of how it was supposed to go, of how things were supposed to work out. And guys, I worked hard for it. I put in the effort. I put in all that I had and then some. I did not spare any effort. I exerted all of myself. I sacrificed so much of myself and so much of my resources to get the life that I wanted. And here I was, finding myself in a place where I felt like my life had no value. I felt like my life was worthless, like my life was empty. I emotionally felt like I was in a constant grinder and there was nothing I could do than to endure the emotion that I was going through. But while I was going through all of this, me being the me that I am, I still decided that I was going to be proactive. So even though the emotional and spiritual pain was there and I was going through it, I still continue to do what I could do. I woke up every morning at 5 a.m. and I worked towards the things that I wanted for my life. I decided to jumpstart my political legal analyst career. So I spent almost all of my time reading through case law. There is this website for lawyers and law students. It's a subscription website. So you can go there and read case. You can research and find pretty much any case that the courts have ruled on. So I spent a lot of my time on this website and that's how I started truly learning about the criminal justice system. So I got a subscription to another criminal law news site that gives the headlines in criminal law news. So every morning they will send me a list of news articles and I would read through the headlines and if I found a topic that stood out to me, I would probe further and I would go through the case. Case law website and find the case that is associated with it, and I would read the case and any rulings that come along with it, anything that I could find about that, and I would write a blog post about it. And guys, surprisingly, I loved doing it. I really enjoyed doing it. I would wake up every morning and be so energized to find out um, what article I was going to be reading on, which cases I was going to be reading on, and what I was going to discover about the criminal justice system. And through that process, guys, I learned a lot about the system and how it actually works and how it actually impacts people's lives in a way that I never did in law school. So one day, as I was going through this, I came across this girl's case. The Florida Supreme Court had issued a ruling against her and something about that ruling did not sit right with me. I really felt like the court did her wrong. I don't want to bore you guys with the legalities of things, but the U.S. Supreme Court is the Supreme Court of the land, and so if the U.S. Supreme Court renders a ruling, that ruling is binding on any other court in the nation. All the state courts have to apply the ruling to similar cases that come before them. And this particular issue was about sentencing for people who commit murder before they turn 18. And this is an area of the law that the Supreme Court had issued multiple monumental decisions on. But when the state courts apply the Supreme Court's ruling to cases that come before them, there is room for interpretation. They choose to apply it based on how they interpret the law. And so sometimes you have a situation where Arizona would take the same rule from the U.S. Supreme Court and interpret it and apply it one way. And Florida would take the same rule interpreted and applied another way. Some state judges will apply the rule very strictly and some will apply it very liberally. And in the case of this particular girl, I felt like the Florida Supreme Court was applying the law too strictly. If you go back to read those monumental decisions that the US Supreme Court had rendered in the past about child sentencing, the spirit of the law did not match how the Florida Supreme Court was interpreting it as it applied to this particular girl's case. So I did a blog post about this girl's case and I also did a video about her case and I posted it on YouTube. And come to think of it now, there are other people who also wrote about her case because people really felt strongly about the way that the Florida Supreme Court had ruled in her case. And it's not just about the girl and it's not just about her case. It's about the law and the fact that the Florida Supreme Court seemed to be chipping away at the lenient treatment and the possibility for a second chance for people who commit heinous crimes when they are still children. The U.S. Supreme Court intended to give these people second chances and the Florida Supreme Court was restricting that ability. And so it's not just about her because if the ruling in her case had been different, it would have affected so many people who were like her as well. So I posted the video of this girl's case on YouTube and someone who knew her saw the video and contacted me, and the person placed me in direct contact with this girl. And guys, I was so nervous because here I was communicating directly with someone in prison for the first time. And someone who was there for murder. And guys, she did it. It wasn't that she was wrongfully accused of it or she did it by accident or anything like that. Nope. She planned the whole thing and she did it. And she was 17 years old at the time and the victim was her own mother. And she did it with her boyfriend. And here I was talking with her. And what I found from talking to her was that she was deeply remorseful. She's in her 40s now, and she doesn't even think that she deserves a second chance because of what she did when she was 17 years old. And my initial interest in her case was because of the issue of her case. I felt the court did her wrong based on the U.S. Supreme Court's prior rulings when it comes to sentencing people who commit murder before they turn the age of 18. And sometimes the courts will do that. They will be so disturbed by what a person has done that they will do mental somersaults with the law so that they can arrive at a ruling against the person. And in situations like that, it just doesn't affect that particular person. It affects other people in the criminal justice system who are like her too. So those people may not have committed their offenses in the heinous nature that maybe this girl may have done hers, but the law still affects those people because the ruling that the, Supreme Court, the Florida Supreme Court comes up with is binding in the state of Florida, if that makes sense. But when I talked to this girl, guys, I felt a deep sense of compassion and empathy that I can unequivocally say that I had never felt in my life before. Never. I was not thinking about her with my mind. My spirit was doing the thinking. I was completely and utterly non-judgmental towards her. No judgment whatsoever. My reaction to her was simply this, how can I be kind to this person and help her get a second chance? How can I help this person that even if she has to spend the rest of her life in prison, she experiences kindness, that her time there is bearable, that her time there is transformative. That's all that was going through my mind when I first talked to her. And I remember I shared this experience with my friend Valerie at the time. Initially, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Honestly, I really didn't think I could do this. And I was like, how did my life get here? How is my life turning into this? Who am I going to become? What am I going to become with this? This is not what I envisioned with my life at all. There is no way I would have purposefully chosen this path for myself. This is not what I have been working so hard towards. So why is my life leading to this direction? And guys, if there was any time that God, spirit, the universe, source, whatever name you give to it, spoke to me, it was this time. I felt so much peace in my spirit. You know, that peace that I told you I didn't have? I felt it back in a much greater and deeper degree than I had ever felt ever before in my entire life. And the answer that I got when I asked was this, do this work Izzy and I'll take care of you. That was it, simple. Do this work and I'll take care of you. And since then guys, I have learned so much about the criminal justice system and the real human lives, real human beings that are implicated in it and how the system actually works. And it's not always black and white. It's not at all. There is this other woman that I have also been communicating with in prison. She's also there for murder and her story is just so heartbreaking because she didn't kill anyone the state never said that she killed anyone. She was charged under a theory of law known as the felony murder rule. And basically how that law works is that if you are committing a felony, or if you commit a felony and somebody dies as a result of it, you are held liable for the person's death. And in her case, her boyfriend literally tricked her into a robbery. In fact, she was not even aware that the robbery was happening at the time that it was happening. And her boyfriend brought a friend along for the robbery who ended up killing the victim. She stood there in complete shock and fear while the whole thing happened. But she was implicated in the robbery because she was there when it happened. And because somebody died, Um, As a result of that robbery, she was held responsible for that person's death under the theory of felony murder. The whole thing ended up with a horrible plea deal because they were threatening her with a death sentence and she has spent the last 18 years of her life in prison for that uh, crime. And guys, what I have come to understand about the criminal justice system is that poverty and fear puts a lot of people in prison than actual guilt does. And I don't think that poverty should be criminalized. And I don't think that the quality of criminal defense that a person receives should be based on how much money that person has in their pocket. And this is something that I feel so strongly about and I will spend the rest of my life defending people like that. And I will always do it for free because I know that the people who would need me the most are the people who cannot afford to pay for it. And don't get me wrong, guys, a vast majority of people in prison are there because they did something bad. But what happens is that you have people who have done something bad, but what they did was like 20% bad. And they have spent their whole life being told that they were bad, feeling like they're bad, like they're unworthy, like they are unfitting members of the community. But in this particular case, maybe what they did was only 20% bad. But because they carry all that baggage with them and societal neglect with them, they will have somebody trying to convince them that what they did was 100% bad. And they know that they're not that evil, but they can't speak for themselves. They cannot take what is in their heart and put into words before a judge to prove their worthiness before that judge, to prove their good intent before that judge, to ask for mercy before that judge and their peers, to ask for the opportunity for redemption, for a second chance. They don't have the words. They don't know how to do that. And guys, for the rest of my life, I am going to speak for these people. It's kind of like sometimes there's something that's on your heart that you know to be true about yourself, but you 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 just don't have the words for it. And you listen to a spiritual speaker and they say exactly what is in your heart. And you're like, oh, thank you so much for saying what I couldn't say, but I knew to be true. And you know, as I do this podcast, I get messages from people like that too. I even speak to my friends sometimes and about things that is happening in their lives. And they'll say, oh, yes, this is exactly how I'm feeling. This is exactly what I mean, but I just didn't have the words for that. You know, sometimes that's what it is for people who are caught up in, a life of crime who are caught up in the criminal justice system they don't have the words they don't they know what it, who they are they know what they could be but they just don't know how to communicate who they are to the relevant people to the judge to the jury and for the rest of my life what I'm going to say to these people is that I'm going to speak for you I'm going to say what you can say about yourself i'm going to do for you what you can do for yourself this is what i'm going to spend the rest of my life doing a lot of times these people have their fate in the hands of a public defender And don't get me wrong. I have friends that are public defenders. I have friends that will go on to become public defenders, but sometimes they have so much work that they need to do so many cases that are on their hands that they cannot dedicate the time and that is needed for a particular um, client. And guys, think about it. When you think of all the people in the media, all the rich people that you know, that get accused of crimes, those people always plead, almost all the time, they always plead non-guilty. And it's because they have the money to be able to hire the types of attorneys that will put in the time to do the research, to be able to do the things that needs to be done, to prepare them to go to trial and fight. So that even if at the end of the day, they are as guilty as sin, If it gets to the point where they decide that, okay, we don't even want to go to trial and they take a plea deal, the plea deal that they get is going to be so much better than the person who's utilized in the service of a public defender who has not been able to do that extensive research to be able to go toe-to-toe with the prosecutor. So sometimes you actually see in the media and you're like, oh, this person did all these horrible things and they only got eight months? Yeah, it's because they were able to hire those attorneys that will fight night and day for their clients and go toe-to-toe with the prosecutors. And for the rest of my life, guys, I am going to be working hard to be able to do the same for people who cannot afford the services of great attorneys. I am going to work my hardest to be able to be there for these people, And you know, guys, I'm extremely passionate about this and I could go on for a very long time, but I am so tired at this point. It is, um, I think it's 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock AM where I am right now recording this episode. So I'm extremely tired and I need to get some sleep. But I shared this episode with you because I wanted to let you know that wherever it is that you may find yourself, however challenging that it may be be still in it because i can tell you without a shadow of a doubt in my mind that there is no way no way i would have walked towards this direction towards criminal law had it not been the fact that my life was halted in the most painful in the most challenging way that i could think of if i hadn't been Paused by I believe God, the universe, spirit, in that manner, there is no way that I would have exercised that humanity, that I would have been that in touch with my own humanity to be able to exercise that form of empathy or compassion towards people. Even if somehow I had ended up in criminal law, I would have done it like any other person was doing it. For money, I would have wanted to work with big clients that could pay me a ton of money that I could work tirelessly for and they would pay me in thousands of dollars. I wouldn't be thinking of the poor person unless it was required to be done for pro bono service. not because I would have been a bad person, but because I wouldn't have had this form of empathy and compassion for people. Who are in that field, I wouldn't have understood the humanity behind people who are caught up in crime. Because, as hard as it is, it may be for somebody that's listening to me, there are people who are in prison because they made a mistake, because they got caught up in the wrong crowd because they were born into certain environments where they ended up in gangs. There are people that start encountering the criminal justice system as little as 11 years old. There are people who are sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole as early as age 14. And these are children that are coming from backgrounds of poverty, of violence, people that are just fending for themselves as early as age 10. It's not as black and white as it, is. it looks, it may appear, when you're detached from it, which for a lot of us that go through law school, you go through it with that form of detachment. Detachment. It's a transaction. It, it's about just the law. It's not about humanity. And I would have never had that humanity had it not been this. Way, had it not been through the way that my life was haunted. And so, wherever it is that you may find yourself, what I want to encourage you to do is to let go of the ideas that you have about yourself. How you think your life is supposed to be, how the plans that you have, if those plans are not working or not going smoothly, you're not feeling a sense of peace. You don't know what you're supposed to do. You don't have no idea what you're doing. Surrender. And it's hard to do. I remember I had all these ideas that I was so attached to about my life. I had worked hard. I was going to go through law school and come out and be this kick-ass political analyst, working in PR, doing all kinds of those, those type of work. That was my plan. And I wasn't going to let it go. But when I let that go, I found a deeper, a more satisfying, something that I will literally do for free every single time. And I would have never found it if my spirit hadn't been in that turmoil. And I believe that that turmoil that I was going through, that was transformation. That was my spirit transforming. That was something changing within me. That was the old ideas dying. The old identity dying. The old mindset dying. So that something beautiful could be born inside me. And in my case, I had no other option than to let it, than to surrender to it. There was no escape. I couldn't escape it. And I knew that even if I had had escaped it and gone, 10 years from now, I would have been back to the same place. So I knew that the only way out was through it. I needed to get through it and transcend it. So these are words that I just want to share with you that... Wherever it is that you are, it's fine. There are things that are just meant to be. And sometimes the painful process that you're going through in your life, it's just meant to be. It's not because you did anything wrong. It's not because you said something wrong to anyone. It's not because you didn't listen to somebody when they told you to do A, B, and C. Irrespective of what you may have done, irrespective of all the mitigating things you may have done, it would have still happened. Sometimes the good happened for our good, but the bad also, I wouldn't even call it bad, the things that we perceive to be bad also happen for our good. But the bad is painful. But it's painful because it's transformative. It's uncomfortable because it's transformative. It's changing something that is within you. And you have to surrender to it and let it change you. Let it do the work. And then trust. I know it's hard to do. Trust that it would be okay. Because as much as you think you know, as much as you think you understand, you don't know and you don't understand. And there is something bigger. There is something more powerful that is operating. Because I always say, and I've shared here on different episodes of this podcast, I've shared it, that you are here for a reason. There is a purpose. There is a why that you're here. And you always have to surrender to that why. And when you surrender to your spirit, when you surrender to your, uh, you let go of the ego and surrender to the spirit, and you allow that spirit to lead you, you develop the skills, you develop the mindset, you develop the identity that is consistent to the why that you're here. So if you're going through those times, don't blame yourself. Don't blame anybody. Don't blame any circumstance. Face yourself. Face you and then surrender and say, why? How do I transcend this? How do I move through this and get to the other end of it? I know I said that I was tired (laughs) and I was going to go to bed, but I remembered this thing that I want to share with you. So there are two podcast episodes that I have listened to that have been so transformative in my life. The first one is a podcast episode that I listened. Um, it was between Hugh Jackman and uh, Tim Ferris, and Hugh Jackman was talking about. Um, his own personal experience, I would highly recommend it that you go listen to it. Find Tim Ferriss' podcast and look for the episode with Hugh Jackman. You're going to, um, it's going to be, it's two hours long, but I think I've listened to that episode at least four times and I've recommended it to so many of my friends to listen to it too. But there is one thing that he, he said on that episode that has stuck with me for the rest of my life and I think will always stick with me. He said that he came to a point in his life where he prayed and he asked God that he doesn't care what his purpose in this life was. It doesn't matter even if he is supposed to be that his purpose is to become a janitor. He just wants to know it and live by that purpose. And those are the most Transformative words that I think I have heard anybody say. I know it sounds simple, but when I heard him say it, it was just—it was extremely transformative for me. That it doesn't matter what his purpose, his his interest wasn't in whether his purpose was for him to be a pilot or to do something fancy. All that he cared about was for him to do that purpose because ultimately, that's where there is peace. That's where you find the most profound peace. And sometimes, from my own experience, it was in that challenging time that I was redirected to the purpose that brought me so much peace. And so, so sometimes I know the challenges is simply a redirection. Be patient. Trust let go, allow your old self to completely die, and that death will be painful. I'll tell you that. But the reborn will be beautiful, and this is where I will leave you guys. I promise. I'm going this time. I'm going to go. Going to go to sleep. <laughs> I promise. I'm going to go to bed, but this is where I'll leave you guys. Um, so for my, now I'm going, I'm writing a lot and sharing a lot of my legal writings on my Instagram account. Before I did have a different platform where I shared my legal writings, but now I'm sharing a lot of it on my Instagram account here and on my website izziefria.com so you but if you follow me on instagram yoga girl yoga girl underscore izzie um, you're going to see a lot of my legal writings i started just recently re- sharing them there and i take stories of people in prison And I also bring those stories to life through videos that I do. So I'm going to be sharing a lot of that on there. I'm working on those stories for those people that I communicate with in prison. Um, So I'm working to tell their story. Um, So I'm going to be sharing a lot of that on there. So you can follow me on there. And then you can follow those stories too. And of course, you can always email me at izzypodcast at gmail.com or izzy at izzyafrie.com. That is izzy, I-Z-Z-Y-A-F, as in Frank, R-I-Y-I-E.com. I am going to bed for now. And you guys, if it takes me a little while before I record another episode of this podcast, just know that this is why I have I spend so much of my time doing this law work. It takes a lot of my time, and sometimes I'm just not in the mental framework um, to be able to share the type of content that I share with this podcast with you guys. So if it takes me a little longer, that is why. But always connect with me on the internet. I would love to connect with you. This is where I will leave you guys. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day um, or whatever it is that you do going forward. I love you guys. Bye.